You're listening to Aussie Fire, a guide to financial independence for Australians. We're big fans of sharing experiences and talking about money. But remember, any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Chapter 24. Wealth Beyond Money by Michelle from Frugality and Freedom. Narrated by Thomas from Perla. What do you think about when you consider the idea of wealth? Money and financial resources are generally what quickly spring to mind, whether it be cash, shares, bonds, or even gold. Perhaps material goods like houses or cars soon after, or assets such as businesses that provide you income. With all our talk of financial independence, it's easy to get fixated on the F word, finances, as the all-important measure of wealth and resources to create our desired lifestyle. However, when you start to look deeper, you'll understand that there are many other resources you already have and can grow for your abundant, fulfilled life, no matter your bank balance. In this chapter, I'll highlight different aspects of wealth beyond only money, the reasons you may be far wealthier than you knew, and why appreciating these alternatives could mean lowering the amount you need for financial independence. Later, we'll explore using our resources to help create the world we want to live in on the way to financial independence and beyond. Your wealth is more than your money. I'm sure you've heard the expression, the best things in life are free. This is hinting that not every aspect of a fulfilled and abundant life is tied up with money. While this book has mainly been discussing money as a tool for creating our ideal lifestyle, this is only a single piece of the puzzle. In fact, you already have a much broader portfolio of wealth already at your disposal, such as your skills, connections, knowledge, culture, society, and environment around you. While these can seem abstract, understanding and investing in these actually has practical applications on the path to financial independence, as we'll discuss soon. You have multiple forms of capital. The Oxford Dictionary defines capital as wealth in the form of money or other assets. It's this other assets component that has underestimated potential in creating your ideal lifestyle and fast-tracking your financial independence. I came across the idea of multiple forms of capital from US-based FI blogger Rich and Resilient Living. She often discusses the eight forms of capital expressed by Ethan Rowland and Gregory Landua, which express a more rounded view of our resources, with financial capital only one part of a bigger whole. These eight forms of capital are Financial capital Monetary wealth, such as cash, savings, shares, credit access, bonds, term deposits, and other financial vehicles. Material capital. These are physical assets and tools you own or have access to. These include houses, cars, equipment, kitchen goods, computers, garden tools, furniture, and other items that make your life comfortable or bring you usefulness. Social capital. These are the benefits enjoyed from your relationships and being part of your wider society. Having high social capital can bring you satisfaction through friendships 
or allow you to access help through your personal connections. Living capital. This is the wealth you have in the living environment around you, such as having a garden for food or pleasure, access to parks or nature, or quality air for good health. Intellectual capital. This is the knowledge you gain through schooling or self-education. Experiential capital. This is your wealth of hands-on experience and skills, such as cooking, basic car maintenance, or DIY know-how. Cultural capital. This is the wealth you feel in relation to culture and traditions, such as through your heritage or community. Spiritual capital. This is the richness in your sense of spiritual well-being, whatever form that takes for you. You may feel peace and abundance from connection to religion or from practices such as mindfulness and meditation. When you take this broader view of wealth and consider these other components, you may find you increase your sense of abundance and well-roundedness in your life, even if your net worth is low. You feel peace of mind from lowering your risk and diversifying your wealth into forms beyond only money. You feel empowered by growing your overall wealth through investing in these other areas of capital, especially if growth in financial income or savings is a struggle. You reduce your stress around money by acknowledging these other resources you have to support yourself. You get a boost of self-satisfaction from learning and increasing your skills. You might not need as much financial capital to achieve overall financial independence if you boost your wealth in other areas. You can reduce your FI number through other wealth. This last point is worth repeating. You can lower your overall FI number, that's the financial stash you need to achieve financial independence, by growing your wealth in these other forms of capital. Here are some examples of how investing time and effort towards other forms of capital can reduce your FI number through lowered living expenses or get you to your goal more quickly by raising your financial income potential. Increasing your experiential capital can reduce the need to hire others or pay a premium for convenience, such as building hands-on skills in minor renovations, cooking your favorite cuisine, or making clothing adjustments. You could turn these skills into a money-earning side hustle, or boost your social capital by providing these skills as a favor to others. Increasing your living capital by growing an edible garden means you could increase food security and lower your food bill, so you need less for this budget line in your FI stash. Again, you could offer the excess fruit and vegetables to others for income or goodwill. Increasing your social capital with shared history and reciprocity over time could mean you're invited to holiday at a friend's beach house for free, and this reduces your travel costs. You could have neighbors share some babysitting with you, so you eliminate that expense. Or a fellow social club member could recommend you for a new job, which boosts your salary. Increasing your material capital could lower expenses in the long run, such as buying a slow cooker, which makes meals easier and reduces your takeaway purchases. Or owning a trailer you use regularly means avoiding the need to hire one and can allow you to rent or lend it out. You can find a multiple forms of capital approach in play by looking at many FI enthusiasts out there. A few examples are Jacob from Early Retirement Extreme, 
who famously lives on US $7,000 a year, having reduced the financial capital he needs through insourcing many activities. As a self-described renaissance man, he has a strong focus on building experiential capital, with skills such as doing repairs, building, and gardening. Vicky Robin of Your Money or Your Life, who talks about the social capital she'd built through friendships and community, and how well she was looked after by those in her network at a time of medical need, which reduced her care costs. Others, such as Financial Mechanic, who decide to invest in their intellectual capital, taking on specific courses or self-study in areas that level up their earning potential. As you can see, there are immense benefits from considering these alternative forms of capital on your journey to financial independence. On the flip side, if you neglect these other aspects, I'd argue that you won't really be wealthy even once you've crossed your financial independence number. For example, if you don't have social capital or friendships, the material resource of a home you enjoy, experiential skills or intellectual knowledge for self-actualization, or the living capital of a healthy environment, you've missed the essence of what being FI really means. Identifying the extra wealth you already have. I'd encourage you to give some thought to these different forms of wealth and how they apply in your own life. Take some time to brainstorm the specific assets you have in each category, so you can see the different ways you're wealthy. Next, consider areas you'd like to invest in and what benefits these will bring to you. Make a plan for how you're going to invest in these other areas, such as learning something new via a YouTube video or reaching out to make a new friendship. While we're aiming to disconnect our idea of wealth from only money, old habits die hard, so you may wish to put a dollar estimate to help quantify the increase in other forms of capital. Examples include using the 25x rule to estimate your FI stash needed. Let's start with an experiential capital example. Learning to cook your favorite takeaway meal could save you $30 per month. Times that by 12, and you're looking at $360 saved in annual expenses. Times it by 25, and that's $9,000 less that you need for FI. Or for a social capital example, taking up a friend on their offer to use their beach house for a weekend each year could mean $400 saved annually. Times that by 25, and that's $10,000 less needed for FI. Creating the world you want. While we're discussing wealth beyond what's in your bank account or your investment portfolio, it's a good time to talk about how we can enhance wealth in the world around us. As you'll know, the pursuit of financial independence is about intentionality and aligning how you use your resources with what you value. It's about making deliberate decisions for how you spend or save for your desired lifestyle. And because we don't exist in a bubble, I'll bet that your desired lifestyle will typically include being in a clean, healthy environment in a safe community that's part of a robust society enjoying some positive well-being. Here we can see some of these other forms of capital in play. Investing in the living capital of our environment, the social capital of our community, and the cultural capital that grounds us has benefits extending beyond ourselves. Let's look at some ways you can use your resources and wealth 
to create the kind of place you want to live your best FI life within. Value-based spending. You may have heard it said that each dollar you spend is casting a vote for what you want to see in the world. It's saying yes to showing support and creating demand for a particular business, service, or cause. At the same time, the dollars that you don't spend also make a small statement towards your desired personal and community life. With this in mind, it's worth taking the time to consider a short spending policy for yourself. This can help guide you when making purchase decisions, so you're reminded in the moment to spend in alignment with your values. Will you avoid or reduce spending at certain businesses or on selected products? For example, avoiding cosmetics with animal cruelty, products with excess packaging, or corporations with a history of unfair labor use? Will you choose to spend in the small business or cafe nearby, even if it's more expensive than a large chain? so that your funds help its family owners to keep their doors open and save diversity of businesses in your area? Will you choose to buy secondhand or not purchase at all to limit waste to landfill and reduce new resources being used? Be a conscious consumer and think about what you want to see for the future of your community and environment. Then put your money where your heart is. We can't get it right all the time, But if we aim to bring some of our signature FI intentionality and reflectiveness to our spending, we'll be all the richer for it. Ethical and socially responsible investing. Following on from value-based spending, you may wish to bring these values into your investments, especially in the share market. According to CanStar, ethical investment or responsible investment is when an investment is selected to complement views on moral, environmental, or political matters. These options are growing in popularity, especially as climate change becomes a growing concern across the world. Depending on the ethos of a certain investment product, negative screening may exclude certain corporations, such as those in fossil fuels or coal mining, and or positive screening can actively seek out companies in priority areas, for example, renewable energy companies. Now, a few notes on ethical investing. There is no single perfect way to do ethical investing, as everyone's values vary, and it's challenging to represent all concerns in one investment option. You'll need to consider what your main priorities are, such as your stance on gambling, weapons, old-growth forestry, uranium mining, or underrepresentation of women on corporate boards. Being clear on your motivation for whether or not to pursue ethical investing will help decision-making. For example, you may be uncomfortable earning profits from corporations that don't match your ethics in doing so. You may anticipate better future returns by avoiding companies focused on depleting fossil fuels. Or you may even choose to be a shareholder for certain companies to advocate for change from within. Ethical investing typically has higher management fees, with fund managers being more actively involved due to the company's screening process when compared to basic low-cost index funds. You'll need to weigh these against potential returns and your motivations. Do your own research to see if ethical investing options suit your preferences and needs. Organizations such as Australian Ethical Investments offer a variety of ethical managed funds based on different criteria. If you prefer to buy exchange-traded funds on the stock market, 
you might like to review BetaShares as ETFs. Australian Sustainability Leaders, or FAIR, which includes 80 local companies, and Global Sustainability Leaders, or ETHI, which includes 100 international companies. There are also ethical investing options for your superannuation. You can read more on how I choose to invest at frugalityandfreedom.com. Giving. Another way to help create the world you want to see is through charitable giving to the causes important to you, whether with money or volunteer time. Giving generously to organizations, services, or directly to people who need it can create positive change and improve lives. Making room for giving in your budget can also foster a sense of abundance and boost your own joy. There's a quote that reads, No one ever went broke from giving. Similar to a values-based spending policy mentioned earlier, consider having your own short giving policy. Identify the organizations and causes you want to support and the ways in which you'd commit to doing so, whether through automatic donations, adding a bequest in your next will update, setting aside a regular budget line for spontaneous giving, or signing up to volunteering on a project. If established charities don't resonate for you, consider supporting causes in different ways, such as through advocacy on issues, sponsoring local amateur sports teams, donating books to libraries, or setting aside money for direct gifts to extended family or community members in need. For FI enthusiasts who enjoy optimism, you may like to join the Effective Altruism Movement, which conducts extensive research into the most effective charities providing the highest benefit for donations. And if you're making financial donations to Australian charities with DGR status, don't forget to keep receipts for tax deductions on donations. I'm glad to have been able to share a more well-rounded picture of wealth in this chapter. I hope it's opened up your views on the many different resources in your hands and the positive impact you can have with them on your FI journey. About Michelle from Frugality and Freedom. Michelle is a mid-30s semi-retiree sharing her journey towards financial independence on her blog at frugalityandfreedom.com. Michelle alternates between seasonal events work, online freelancing, and long-term travel, having visited over 40 countries so far. She writes with the perspective of pursuing FI as a single person on a modest income, emphasizing lifestyle design and enjoying the FI journey as much as the destination. Michelle writes about frugal hacks, solo travel, house-sitting, minimalism, sustainability, and ethical investing. She's passionate about connecting with others in the financial independence community, including highlighting different voices through the Australian FI Weekly series. We hope you enjoyed this chapter of Aussie Fire. For more inspiration, head to perla.com explore to browse our resources, calculators, and community insights. Perla is an authorized representative, number 1281540 of Sandlam Private Wealth, Proprietary Limited, AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when investing. So always seek advice and or check out the relevant disclosure document for any financial product, including the PDS and TMD before deciding, which is available from the product issuer's website. When you invest, your capital is at risk and past performance is not a reliable indicator of future investment returns.